Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. I'm glad to see you've returned yet again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a curious item indeed. Items, I might say. Let me take this little soapstone uh, vessel and take the lid off here. And you hear that? Those are teeth, but not any sort of teeth. They are, well, they're incisor in shape, but they are much larger than any incisor known to mortal man. And these are indeed human teeth, or they at least were once human teeth. These are vampire teeth. And on the right market could fetch a pretty penny let me put these away i should probably secure them somewhere because if word gets out it could be very dangerous for all of us and that is the subject of today's episode of odds bodkins curiosity shop so let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new netflix film day shift So Day Shift is a film that was just released uh, this past week on Netflix, and it was a film that I was really looking forward to. Of course, it's a vampire film, but it's also a Jamie Foxx film, and uh, Jamie Foxx is not a name that I really equate with vampire films, so I was really interested to see how it was going to play out, because I've enjoyed Jamie Foxx and other genre stuff. He's done, of course, things for, for Marvel and Sony and the Spider-Man. Spider-Man franchise. Uh, he's done so many various projects of all different genres that uh, it was really cool for the idea of him getting into the vampire game. Now, I know this wasn't going to be a straight-up horror movie. Uh, Jamie Foxx is a funny guy and adds a lot of comedy to a lot of his roles. So I, I knew it was going to be probably played more of played more as a comedy than an actual horror film. And this film definitely leaned into the comedy and leaned into the action and was light on the horror, but heavy on the vampire aspect and the vampire lore, which made it very enjoyable for me, who is a fan of the vampire genre. So while it didn't have the horror, it did have a lot of enjoyable aspects, and it was a straight-up vampire hunter film. And once I started reading about uh, the director of this, J.J. Perry, it all really made sense, because J.J. Perry has made his name, although you may not know the name, you've seen a lot of his work. I mean, he has done stunts, he's been a stunt man, stunt coordinator, a fight coordinator for some of the biggest movies out there. He was the uh, stunt double for Johnny Cage in the 95 Mortal Kombat. Uh, he was in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He played Sub-Zero in the Mortal Kombat Conquest TV series. He did some uh, utility stunts for Iron Man. He was did stunts in Avatar. Night at the Museum, he did utility stunts. He's worked in Paranormal Activity 2, Django Unchained. He did stunts in Ender's Game. And, and this is his directorial debut, which, I, you know what? I can't wait 
to see more from J.J. Perry as a director because, uh, and, and we'll kind of get more into the nuts and bolts of it uh, a little later on in the episode, but you know, this guy has a, a martial arts background, a stunt background, so the guy knows that aspect of it, and he really brought all of his action, martial arts, and stunt background to bear and really made this uh, a very creative uh, action movie with notes of comedy, with notes of horror, with, you know, like I said, the, the genre aspect of the vampires. It was just, I was really kind of stunned at how well J.J. Perry did in his directorial debut and really makes me excited to see what, what more can come from this. And also it was written by uh, a couple people that... One, I'm not really familiar with a lot of his work. Tyler Tice, this is the only credit I've seen from him. But Shay Hatton uh, also wrote this. And of course, Shay Hatton uh, has been a part of the writing on John Wick Chapter 3, Army of the Dead, uh, is lined up for the John Wick 4 and 5, has done some work in television as well with the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. So uh, a lot of, of great work from Shea Hatton. And and I have to I have to say this this was a great film to add to that resume because uh, from a writing standpoint, the story was good. The story was solid. It was concise. This was a movie that ran about uh, 114 minutes. So it was not quite two hours, but it never felt like it was close to two hours long. I mean, this movie uh, was paced well. This movie was never boring. It had a lot of action. It kept rolling forward. Uh, everything kept moving the plot forward. And I, I chalk that up one to the writing and two to the directing for, for keeping this movie rolling. And like I said, almost two hours long, but it never felt like it was even close. I would have thought, oh, this is, this is probably an hour and a half at best. But when I was done, I was like, oh, Jesus, it's almost been two hours. And it, it didn't feel like it at all. It never at once felt like a slog to get through this. So like I said, I, I had to give props to the directing and the writing team right off the bat because for for the for a first-time director, for one of the, the screenplay writers being a, a first-time writing, of course, Tyler Tice came up with the story. It was just a, a really great achievement. And like I said, the story is quite simple. It is about a vampire hunter, Bud Jablonski, played by Jamie Foxx, who... You know, he, his cover is a pool cleaner, but he's going around hunting vampires. And his wife is, is in some financial trouble. If she doesn't get money to pay for their daughter's tuition, uh, to pay for this, uh, they're going to have to move to Florida uh, with her mother. And, and Bud Jablonski doesn't want this to happen. So he's trying to make some quick cash hunting vampires. And to do that, he has to get back into the vampire hunters union. And he's definitely kind of a doesn't play by the books type of guy. And Jamie Foxx, of course, plays that kind of character really well. Uh, but he gets back in with the union with a little help from from Snoop Dogg's character, uh, Big John Elliott. And the head of the Vampire Hunters Union doesn't like Bud. So he sends this, this desk jockey, Seth, 
to kind of tail him and make sure he's doing everything by the book. Because as soon as Bud Jablonski steps out of line, uh, they're going to kick him out of the union. And then he's not going to get the money he needs because union prices for vampire teeth are better than any. So uh, Dave Franco plays the Seth character. And it it really kind of is taking the buddy cop concept and, and making that, uh, turning that into vampire hunting. Instead of hunting criminals, it's just, it was an interesting take on an old trope, an old tried and true trope that made this such a fun comedy. It really lent to the comedy aspects of this. And of course, trouble happens when Bud Jablonski kills the wrong person. It is the daughter of a vampire who is one of the elders and is kind of a big deal in a vampire society and almost like uh, they they treat the the higher-ups and the vampires almost like the the drug cartels and they've got this this one drug cartel this one vampire group headed by uh, audrey played by carla souza she often references a war coming with an el jefe which we never get to meet and and that's one of the things i enjoyed about this is because they they could have really weighed this movie down with a lot of side stories and a lot of extra big picture things that really didn't have anything to do with the basis of the movie but they reference these things. So you got the sense of a bigger picture. You got the sense of a bigger world out there without the weight of having to really explain it or show it or make it a part of the story when it wasn't necessary for the story. And it also lends itself to broadening the world that we are, are find ourselves in with this movie if they should decide to do a sequel to this, which is what I, I'm guessing they're kind of planning to do maybe a, a two or three more movie arc with this. And and they laid a lot of groundwork with that, with the El Jefe, with the factions of vampires getting ready to go to war. They talk about vampires being able to walk in the sunlight because they have this um, like, like super strength sunscreen that uh, when they get to the final showdown in this movie uh, you see that they have tons of this they have tons of silver tipped bullets to to fight other these vampires are looking to fight another rival group of vampires like it's like i said much like a drug cartel war but while i've mentioned her uh carla souza i i, I didn't I, I don't know there were some times where i believed that she was this big bad guy and there were other times it felt a little maybe not forced i, I don't know if she was exactly the right choice for this character but i think she, she did a good enough job i mean it's, it's not that she did a bad job i just uh, sometimes i had a hard time believing the menace from her but you know that that can very easily be rectified in a sequel uh when they bring in the el jefe character i think you could uh have a chance to bring in somebody that that adds a little more menace to the character and you know it is a comedy but you do want to have the the kind of sinister nature at the forefront so like i said there are some stakes uh there is that that sense of impending doom. But going back to some of the other characters, I, I really loved Jamie Foxx as Bud Jablonski because he does really kind of play that lone wolf quite well. He is such a good actor in moments of 
comedic self-realization or moments of comedic realization where he realizes something and then makes a smart remark about it. I just, I love that kind of humor. I love that kind of comedy. And Jamie Foxx, he's a fit guy. You believe when he's having these fight scenes, you believe that, you know, he's able to whoop ass uh, against these vampires. And it just, you know, they did a really good job with some of the tools of the trade that he was using uh we get to see him in action in that first scene where he takes out the audrey san fernando her daughter uh, there's this huge fight scene and the funny thing is is the the vampire is like an, a really old lady because she wasn't turned she's uh aubrey san fernando's daughter but she wasn't turned until she was like in her 80s or 90s so she's she's quite old but very limber uh, they did some some contortions with the some of these vampires that was was quite uh, disgusting because people contorting and bending over backwards grosses me out. But they had a really fun and an action packed fight scene to begin that, and and Jamie Fox pulls that off all masterfully. So I, I really enjoyed his character. You really sense the. Uh, anguish inside of him as he's just trying to get some money. He's just trying to do these jobs. He's just, you know, he's breaking rules, but he's begging Seth not to to tattle on him so he can just get this money by Monday so he can pay for his daughter's tuition and braces and, and so that she and, and his ex-wife don't move to Florida, move away from him because his daughter... And, and by extension, his ex-wife are his world. Dave Franco as the Seth character was hilarious. And Dave Franco is one of those actors that, I, I mean, he's not like my favorite actor, but I don't not like him. But regardless of all that, he's one of those actors that whenever he shows up in a movie, he has a tendency to steal some scenes. And he, he was in full form with this character of Seth. He's a, a desk jockey. The first time we see him, he's complaining to this this character that's sitting beside him in the desk beside him uh, that she ate his yogurt. And he's talking about next time he's going to fart in his yogurt and she's going to eat that. And like you get no reaction out of her. And it, it's it's quite funny open to this character. And then you just get, you get a lot of pee in his pants humor and shit in his pants humor. Uh, it, it's all very childlike and very you know sophomoric but it's just funny and he he goes all in with this you know he doesn't hold back it shows him peeing his pants because he's afraid of the first time he gets into a vampire fight which is probably quite understandable but but like he's all in on the comedy it, even as as self-deprecating as it may feel to, to have to pee. I mean, I'm sure he didn't pee his own pants, uh, but to have the special effects making it look like you peed your pants on screen, uh, that would probably be a little emasculating. Uh, but, you know, like I said, he was all in on that. He was all in on the comedy. And I said this is a, a buddy cop movie, but with vampires instead of criminals. And him and Jamie Foxx just playing off each other, riffing off each other was was so entertaining and it's funny because one of the lines he says towards the end 
uh, was an ad lib line. He, he talks about mowing down vamps with my best friend Bud. And Jamie Foxx loved that ad lib line so much. They recorded it and did a song at the end of the movie with just him continually saying that. Uh, they have some artist in there kind of uh, rapping some lines and stuff like that. And you get a little snippet from, from Jamie Foxx saying, hit me or something like that. It's quite a funny moment. And then to hear that moment come up again at the end credits with that song my wife and I just couldn't stop laughing now there was a, a few other actors and characters that I want to talk about real quick there's the big John Elliott character which when I saw the trailers for this I thought this was going to be kind of like the buddy cop thing but with Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg was going to be in this movie and that was the big push that Snoop Dogg is going to be in this. And it's funny because you know, he's, you know, we usually see him. He's dressing like he's about to go out on a show, or you know, whether he's out doing a show or whether he's out with a Martha Stewart uh, doing TV. You know, he just he has a style that that he always portrays. But you see him in this, and he's got like a dress with a bunch of denim and a big cowboy hat, and it just was a unique look for him. And I thought. Okay, Snoop is going to be playing this character. And I said, I'm either really excited because we're going to get to see Snoop Dogg do some like real acting and and playing a real character. Or my biggest nightmare scenario is that he's going to have this look and look like a character and then he's just going to be himself, which I, you know, I see Snoop Dogg being himself on TV all the time. Uh, In this movie, I want to see him being somebody else. And you got a little bit of both of that. When you first meet him, he's got that kind of Snoop Dogg smooth swagger about him. That uh, that was like, oh, God, he's just playing himself, isn't he? <laughs> and, and I was a little disappointed in that. But when I found out, I, I was reading uh, an interview where J.J. Perry was talking about how he pitched this movie to Snoop Dogg. He says, my whole pitch to him was, I'll make you an action star, brother. I said, look, I don't want Snoop to be Big John. I'm hiring Calvin Brodus to play Big John, who was inspired by my platoon sergeant because, you know, J.J. Perry was in the military. And Snoop says, well, my father was in Vietnam. And J.J. Perry says his dad was in the Army, too. So they had that common thread. So they kind of bonded over that. So that was kind of a neat story, how how kind of Snoop got involved with this and how they, they really went after him. And, you know, while I, I say that when you first meet the Big John character, it just feels like Snoop Dogg, you know, playing this role. Towards the end, he's not in the whole movie. He's in a bit at the beginning, then he's in a bit at the end, and the, the final confrontation the, the climax of this all. And you get to see a scene where Snoop does some quality acting. You know, he went from just being Snoop Dogg, you know, all smooth and chill and like he just uh, smoked a fatty. And you went from seeing him doing the Snoop Dogg thing to him just showing some real emotion and some real uh, stakes. And it, it really felt like he was playing this character, Big John. He felt like he was in the moment. And for a guy that doesn't act a ton, for the guy who's not a 
professional actor. That's what I came to see. That right there was worth the price of admission. So I was really happy with with how Snoop's uh, character ended. Although, yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. But uh, there's a couple other characters that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. She plays uh, this this vampire Heather who kind of snitches on Bud, their kind of next door neighbor in this apartment complex. But she's really a good character. And uh, she was interesting, kind of brought in about halfway through, didn't really have any bearing on the story, uh, on the main story, other than just being another person to do some fighting. Uh, but I really was interested in this character when I found out that uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo is going to be playing the Sabine Wren character in the new Ahsoka series on Disney+. Plus. So, and, and I love Clone Wars and Rebels, and of course Sabine Wren being part of Rebels. I'm uh, really excited to see that character show up in the Ahsoka series. So it was cool to see that she's going to be playing that character and get to see uh, a little of her acting prowess in this because she's not an actress that I, I know a ton about. Uh, I know she's been in like some things. She was in the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sort of destiny. Uh, not something I watch, but something I'm I'm aware of. Uh, she's done a few other things, but to see that she's going to be in so- Ahsoka. So we'll have to wait till next year to, to see uh, her in that role. But yeah, there, there was no other real big names in this. There was a lot of Actors that like, oh, I know that guy from somewhere. Peter Stomare, Eric Lang, people like that. Steve Howie. Uh, we're all people. I'm like, I, I know them from somewhere. I just can't place it. But all in all, you know, the acting was was pretty good in this. I, I was quite pleased with, with all the characters. There wasn't anyone that stood out as, oh, this is kind of a, a weak character or this is kind of weak acting. So I was quite pleased with, with all of that. Another thing I really enjoyed about this film was the fact that they really played into a lot of the traditional vampire lore. I mean, so many times we see vampire vampires in TV and film these days and we get directors and screenwriters that feel it's necessary to tinker with vampire lore and sometimes it works a lot of times it doesn't a lot of times it's just like twilight nonsense where we get sparkling shit and that just uh, annoys the bejesus out of me, but I really like that they they played into like traditional vampire lore when Jamie Foxx is having the fight with Audrey San Fernando's daughter at the beginning of the movie. She looks in a mirror and all you see are her clothes and the rest of her is disappeared because you know vampires traditionally don't have a reflection in the mirror so that was kind of cool they they played into the wood to the heart or a stake to the heart the aversion to silver uh, sunlight burns them the, the only thing they really didn't play into was religious iconography like crosses or anything like that they didn't have that as a big weapon used against the vampires but I'm okay with that it really didn't come up either way they never said that this does or doesn't affect vampires so they left it open-ended so they it's something they could definitely add to the repertoire of of weapons against to use against vampires in this but i'm okay if they leave it out i'd like it personally i like that in vampire films but i'm okay with the fact that they left it out but one of the scenes where uh, Seth, the Dave Franco character, meets Bud in this compound that he has where he has all his 
weapons that he making the bullets and things for for his shotgun and for his pistol and things like that it was cool to hear them it was very q like in james bond where you have him uh, making all these interesting weapons and then explaining it to to seth it was really kind of interesting to to hear a little bit of the the technical aspect of why he's making this weapon and how this weapon is going to affect the vampire uh i quite enjoyed that a little they didn't dwell on it but they gave it just enough to make it really quite interesting now the one thing they did kind of tinker with like the vampire lore is that they made different I don't want to say races of vampires, but it was something to that effect. There are different factions of vampires. There are, I believe, eastern vampires, southern vampires, spider vampires. I think they're the ones that kind of walk all contorted and like they're doing a backbend or, or something like that uh and then there's uber vampires those are the the elder ones that are probably the most powerful and are the hardest to kill i did not like that aspect it was different and it it kind of lent itself to this whole kind of turf war that the audrey character is having with this el jefe of course audrey is an uber vampire and she is one of the the stronger ones she is very hard to kill and she actually turns uh the seth character and seth is turned into an uber vampire and the whole scene with him becoming a vampire is in true dave franco fashion quite funny because he's uh you know he notices he's got fangs he looks in the mirror and realizes his reflections disappearing jamie fox <laughs> cuts his head off and uh, and it eventually reattaches itself it, it's some crazy shit but but it just was very entertaining and just made uh the characters relationships to one another interesting it made uh, things interesting as to how the story is going to move forward if they do a sequel so it, it was like I said, it was a lot of fun. But uh, like I said, the the whole story is quite simple. Jamie Foxx's Blood Jablonski is trying to earn money to make sure his family stays where he is. The Audrey character finds out that Bud has killed her daughter, so he kidnaps Bud's wife and daughter, or ex-wife and daughter. And the last half of the movie, or at least the third act, is Bud going to try and rescue his daughter and he has seth along for the ride with him he has the heather uh, natasha lou bordizzo character helping him out and then we find uh big john elliott makes an appearance in grand fashion i love he walks up and of course big john's got this black stetson hat and this big black uh duster coat on he comes out with a minigun and jimmy fox looks he's like black cowboy and it's just it was such a great line such a great scene you've got snoop dog just getting out of this pickup truck with this big machine gun and just mowing down vampires it was it was epic and it really led itself to this character being this this character of myth you know he's supposed to be this this big vampire hunter that is one of those that uh, you hear stories about that that kind of thing and and Snoop Dogg really played into the swagger of that that's where his swagger really worked I think the swagger of him just being Snoop Dogg uh, really lent itself to that but he comes in and then there's that great moment like I said where you think and, and this is going to be a, a big spoiler so I, I've probably been spoiling things this whole time 
But uh, I probably should have said something before now, but this is going to be a huge spoiler. Uh, You think that Big John is going to sacrifice himself, and he essentially does for, you know, roundabout way. And then at the very end, when he crawls out of the sewer, it's such a great moment. He's like, oh, Snoop Dogg died. And, and then you see him crawl out of the sewer and he does this great line that I laughed my ass off when I heard it. My wife didn't quite get it. So I had to explain it to her because she's not a big, well, she's not a big horror fan, but I don't think she ever saw Lost Boys, but he has that line. That's what I love about LA, all the damn vampires. And that was such a great riff off the last line in The Lost Boys, where the grandfather shows up and he says, one thing about living in Santa Clara, I could never stomach all the damn vampires. And it was just uh, such a great riff off that line from The Lost Boys, another famous vampire movie. Uh, That's when I was like, ah, the writers of this, they're fans of the genre. They they love the genre. and, And you could feel that love for classic vampire movies in this film, which is why, in spite of the fact that it was a comedy, an action comedy at that, it still felt like a good vampire movie. You didn't get any horror. Uh, There was, I mean, you had gore, but the vampire's blood was all black. So it wasn't like traditional gore. It's not like seeing a bunch of red blood everywhere, but you did have, you know, decapitations, people losing limbs and things of that nature. So it was gory, just not a traditional gore. In spite of all that, it just really felt like a a love letter to vampire films and a great homage to, to classic vampire films and taking vampires and making them their own. You know, there were a lot of traditional aspects of vampires in this film. But then, like I said, bringing about the different vampires from different regions, eastern vampires, southern vampires, the spider vampires, uber vampires, it it added another level of lore to vampirism and and vampire films that I thought was, you know, kind of unique to this. So that was enjoyable. I, I didn't... Like I said, this is a a comedy. This is an action film. And there were some aspects of the action that I thought was a little overdone. Now, knowing that J.J. Perry has a stunt and a fight coordinator and an action background, I I get why they did it. But like, you know, every time somebody got hit, every time somebody got kicked, you know, they're doing flips and spins. And every time, you know, it's just a very over, over the top uh, style of action in this, which I, I don't not like. It's just like sometimes it felt a little over the top. And and the the Dave Franco character, Seth, uh, he's kind of a, a pencil neck nerd type character. And he gets bit by a vampire and all of a sudden he is a master at fighting and a master of martial arts. Uh, I, I don't know how that happens when you become a vampire, but hey, you know what? Uh, I preach this a lot, suspension to disbelief. So, you know, if some of the fighting seems a little over the top, some of the flips and spins seem a little over the top, if Dave Franco going from a uh, nerd pee in his pants when he gets in a, inadvertently gets in a vampire fight, uh, if all of a sudden he becomes a master martial artist once he's bitten by a vampire, uh, you know, (laughs) it's, it's hard to believe. But like I said, Sometimes you just gotta 
you got to go with the punches or the spinny, flippy kicks. But all in all, I really like this movie. It, it was a fun movie. It wasn't a traditional scary horror vampire film. And, and I get a little disappointed because vampire films these days are really never taken terribly seriously as far as horror goes. Uh, I'm hoping we'll get that changed once we see the, the new adaptation of Salem's Lot. Uh, I'm hoping that is a lot of straight-up horror vampire stuff, which I, I think it should be. It just depends on how close they keep it to the source material. But for the most part, you either get teen, tween stuff with vampires, or you get a bunch of comedy, or in this case, action comedy. And I, you know, I want vampires to be scary again. Uh, I want vampire films to be scary again. And... This was not that, but it was never going to be that. This was going to be an action comedy set in a vampire realm uh, with vampires being the the focal point of the action and the comedy. And, and I'm fine with that. I, I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was a fun film. My Both my wife and I watched it, and we both loved it, and we both enjoyed it. Am I going to watch it again? Probably not. If they come out with a sequel, am I going to watch that? Yes, most definitely I would watch that. And it ended with a happy ending. Bud and his family were all safe. Uh, Seth, he's a vampire, but he's still alive, and he's got Heather to show him the ropes, and Big John is crawled out of the sewers, and he's, you know, he's okay. He's got a wound on his neck, but hey, you know, he's he's a tough son of a gun, so I'm sure he's going to be just fine, and everybody looks like they're probably going to show up in the sequel, if, if there is a sequel. I haven't heard one way or the other if there's going to be a sequel to this, but uh, and I guess that all really depends on how well it does and whether Netflix. Netflix, if you're a, a shitty reality show or some sort of crappy game show, they'll keep you around forever. But if you're uh, in quality genre, uh, they they can be cold-hearted SOBs when it comes to canceling things. Uh, so you never know. But I would like to think this had enough star power uh, that I'd like to think. You know, if it does well enough, they're going to bring this back for a sequel. So if that happens, you can find out more about that on our Facebook page, Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop. I really enjoyed Day Shift. Uh, I thought it was a fun action comedy with a vampire backdrop that gave it uh, enough bona fides for, for a vampire film. Uh, like I said, they were very true to a lot of traditional vampire lore, which I, I loved and respected. Um, you had a lot of good actors that, that play well with comedy and play well with action. And they did a fantastic job. I thought the writing was really good. The pacing on this was just fantastic. Uh, the mood and the tension was there. Uh, I thought that this is the kind of movie that you didn't need a ton of atmosphere, but you you felt the menace, uh, even though, like I said, Carlos Souza is uh, not the first name that comes to mind when it comes to menacing uh, elder vampires, but, but she did a good enough job with that. And, you know, when she was acting badass, she was badass. So, you know, when you didn't get... 
uh, menace in her face and the tenor of her voice and her body language. You got menace when she is stabbing a guy's hands uh, to a table. So <laughs> there was a lot of menace. Like I said, not a ton of atmosphere, but you know that doesn't lean into action comedies. So so it gets a pass. But uh, the pacing was fantastic. The directing was fantastic. The writing was really good for for keeping this movie cooking along and keeping it very entertaining and engaging for almost two hours that didn't feel like two hours at all. Uh, I really love Day Shift, and uh, hopefully you did too. If you haven't had a chance to watch it and you've listened to me spoil about half of it, hey, you know you know what you were getting into, but go watch it anyway, and you know I'm sure you're going to enjoy, enjoy it for what it is because, like I said, is it straight up horror? No, but it was never going to be. This is action comedy with a genre backdrop that I think this is a really solid effort. And I can't wait to see more from, from J.J. Perry in the future. So there you have it. That's my look at Day Shift. I want to thank everyone for listening to me go on and on about uh, a pretty good, uh, very enjoyable action comedy vampire film you can find out more about what's going on with odds bodkins curiosity shop on our facebook page uh, we're always posting trailers to movies and series that are coming out in the horror fantasy and science fiction genres as well as posting articles of the same and adding my two cents uh, from articles all over the internet so i want to thank you for tuning in no matter where you're listening to this podcast whatever platform please uh, Subscribe to it, follow it, like it, download the episodes, uh, share them with anyone you know that loves these genres, horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Get the word out about this podcast, share it with anyone you know that loves those, and of course, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. And But whatever review you give us, we certainly do appreciate the feedback. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!